We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Let's dive into some work this morning. Um, I got a lot of scripture to get through today, and I want to make sure um, that we get every morsel of what God has for us. Amen. If you don't mind, let's turn to the book of, of uh, Mark, chapter 5, verse 1, the NIV version. We've got a few notes today, not as many as we have had in the past. I know some of y'all are not good note takers, so I, I dialed it down a bit. I love you. I, pre- I want you to succeed in, in, in service on Sunday morning. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. You can find this narrative or this story in multiple Gospels. Uh, but I chose Mark because it had some words in there that I like. <laughs> Mark chapter 5, verse 1. I'll read. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore not even with the chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When Jesus, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending to the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. Glory be to God. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him go, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to, to tell in all Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Somebody shout amen. I know that's over my um, reading limit, but I wanted to make sure that you get everything. This passage of scripture um, we just read carries a a significant value um, in that it is the most descriptive interaction that Jesus has with casting out a demon. 
um, Jesus had cast out other demons, and there's some recorded in scriptures prior to this. But this is the most descriptive and, and the most detailed event in all of scripture as it relates to Jesus interacting uh, with someone who was demon-possessed. In addition to what happens to the, in this interaction, um, what really drives my attention and what really made this valuable for me is what happened before the interaction and after the interaction with this man. Um, Jesus, who is, who is in his hometown, tells his disciples, hey, we're going to go to the other side. They all get into the boat. Jesus doesn't give them many answers. And in the midst of them heading over to the other side, um, they have to uh, battle the, the, the waves and the wind. And that's when Jesus rebukes the waves and the wind. They see this miraculous thing happen on the water. But then they get to the region of the Gerasenes, and Jesus gets off the boat, delivers this demon-possessed man, gets back on the boat, and goes home. That in itself lets me know that this interaction was extremely important because Jesus wanted to make sure the 21st century believer understood what is, what all, how important the spirit realm is and how important it is to make sure that authority shows up to cast out a demon. I believe Jesus wanted to reveal to us a multiplicity of things through this interaction with this man. But we're going to pull out four of them, and then next week we're going to dive into this man's situation a little, a little, a little deeper. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, let's push. Verse 1, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Verse 1 is where our point comes from. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. The first point I want you to write down is regional dominance. Say that with me, regional, regional. dominance. How many of you have been on a, a cruise? Raise your hand, been on a cruise. Uh, I'm not going to ask you because you went with me. Where have you been? Jamaica, Cancun, Bahamas, Cayman Islands. Where you been? <laughs> she was on the boat with us and like, well, mom, where'd we go? <laughs> Wherever you go, all of us have gone to different places, and I would assume many of us have been to the Bahamas, right? You've been to the Bahamas, you've, you've been on to Nassau, um, and, and the moment that you step off that boat, there is a welcoming party there to greet you to show you what the dominating influences of that area are. They want you to understand this is the culture here. So when you get off the boat in Nassau, you're met by Bahamian people, and they show you what their culture are. This is what they're, what they're trying to show you is that this experience right here is indicative of what you will experience once you get into this region. If you keep pushing from Nassau and work your way down to St. Kitts, and if you get down to St. Martin, that Caribbean flair will be even deeper because you're further into the Caribbeans. And when you get down there, you're going to experience an even heavier Caribbean feel because that is the dominating cultural influence of that area. Jesus steps off the boat and he is met by a man who is full of a multitude of demons. And this man is the welcoming party for Jesus because he comes out to meet him. 
he is the he is the spiritual dominating influence in that area and the man comes out to meet Jesus to let Jesus know this is the dominating spirit in this area you'll get it when you get home <laughs> I want you to pay attention to to verse 1. It says that Jesus went to the region to have this encounter. Jesus goes to a region where the the true and living God was not reverenced. He was not worshipped. And he went to a place that was a pagan place, that was a Gentile place, that was led by or dominated by satanic influences and impure spirit. I want you to understand when we talked about the, the, the I guess the, the organization of Satan last week a bit, um, but I want you to understand that um, there are spirits assigned to every region that desire to dominate that region if allowed. There, there is a spirit assigned to every ethnicity, There is a spirit assigned to every continent. There's a spirit assigned to every state. There's a spirit assigned to every city. There's a spirit assigned to every neighborhood. There's a spirit assigned to every family. And if allowed, it will dominate that region. If allowed, a spirit will dominate your family. I I, I told you last week that... um, there, there was a spirit of um, addiction associated to every man in my family. It dominated the men in my family. And by the time that I was born, uh, my mother had given her life to Christ. And she was dragging me to every church service. And um, I had to sit in every Sunday school. At the time, I recall her having a Bible study, and I was young, but I remember just sitting there with my little play Bible, and I had no idea what was going on. But, but unbeknownst to me, I was sitting up under a word that would keep me. Because my mother recognized the dominant spirit that was on every man in my family, she pulls me into a, 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 a situation in life where I could come into contact with real authority. And because she had been praying over me and the word was laid upon me, that spirit could not have me. Now, here's what messes up church people. Just because the spirit could not have me, it did not stop the spirit from making a presentation. So at a very young age, at the same time I was getting off this and my parents would go out of town, I remember at eight, nine years old, sitting in circles where I was the one responsible for passing the cocaine to the next person. I was responsible for running downstairs and going to get the 40 ounces. I was the one responsible for going to pick up the, 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 the cigarettes. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that even though it can't have you, it doesn't stop it from making the presentation because it still wants the dominance that it thinks it is owed to it. There is a spirit assigned to your family. And as, and as oh gosh, as a parent, that's why I appreciate my wife so much. As, as, as a parent, you have, to be, you have to be keen on this stuff. Because these are conversations that I've had with my children. 
specifically my boys, listen, you do know that there was, there's a spirit associated to every man in his family, and this is what happened to him, and this is what happened to him, and this is what it wanted to do to me, and this is what it wants to do to you. You've got to have these conversations, and even though the spirit can't have it, I need him to know there's going to be a presentation. Oh, gosh, you start to believe things when you have a presentation. I mean, there's things you find out in a presentation. Even though my mother had prayed for me and she had covered me, it still made us presentation. Every family, every region has a dominating spirit that desires to inhabit the people of that area. So if it can have you, it wants you. If it can get you, it's going to get you. And what blows me away about these spirits is that they present themselves so early on in life. I'm dating myself, but at the time, the, 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 the men in the room were playing Atari. I remember that. That's how young I was. But somehow, someway, he ended up making sure that he got the very thing that, that, that destroyed this one into my hands at a very young age. He's making me make adult decisions with adult things at seven, eight, nine years old. It desires to dominate an area. It desires to destroy an area. It wants to possess it and, and, and destroy it and make sure that it does not reach its potential. Okay, let's push. Let's get to the next point. Are y'all learning? Let's go to verse 3. <clears throat> this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Point number two, write this down, is the word or the phrase failed restraints. Say that when we failed, failed. restraint. <clears throat> I want you to be able to see from this man's um, the story or the narrative that we're reading um, that poor decision making and bad habits were not the cause of this man's current affliction. He was being driven to do things beyond his will. The enemy had total possession of him. Soul, body, and spirit. And he was being driven to do things beyond his will. We know that he was being driven to do things beyond his will because every physical restraint, every boundary, every relationship that this man had in his life was unsuccessful in keeping the man. It pushed him beyond Everything that mattered. Now, I want you to write this down. External restraints will not curb a spiritual turmoil. External restraints will not curb a spiritual turmoil. Say that with me. External restraints will not curb spiritual Turmoil. Now, <laughs> this is, there are some things 
in life that you have. Might be quiet in here today. <laughs> there, there are some things that you just struggle with, and, 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 and there, there's struggles. Like, I, I eat too much. Not I, we. I watch too much TV. I'm on social media too much. Um, I procrastinate. These are things that I have. And with some good counsel, some restraints, and some boundaries, I can overcome those things. But on the other side of the coin, there are some things that have you. And, 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 and the way that you know when something has you is that it pushes you past, and I wrote these down, it pushes you past good counsel, boundaries, limitations, and restraints, and none of them have any effect because you're being driven. My wife sits in the car with me, and, and, and ever since COVID, she's like in the car with me every day. And I'm driving. But she don't like the way that I drive. She know I can drive. I'm a good driver. Don't you dare. This. But she don't like the way that I drive. So she's got all this commentary in the passenger side that she's giving me while I'm driving. And unfortunately, I tell her, baby, you can't do anything about this because I'm driving. Listen to me. There are some things that have you that you can give commentary to and you cannot fix. But because you're not driving, they will never stop. It will push you past every boundary, every limitation that is set, and every good relationship will be destroyed because it's driving, not you. Listen to me now. When the sanctity of marriage won't stop you, When the cry of a loved one won't make you quit. When I know that the pain I feel was self-inflicted and I still can't stop. I'm being driven to do things that I don't want to do. So what we try to do is we'll set boundaries. I'm not going to go over to his house anymore. Because we know what happens when I go to his house. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I'm not gonna engage with this, with, with, with this, with, with this thing anymore. I'm not gonna do this. Or I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep myself away from that. And, and external restraints have no effect for a spiritual turmoil. Because listen to me, if you if, if you're not in the driver's seat, all you do is give commentary. You should see my wife in the car with me. Ooh. All you can do is give commentary. You can't slow down the car. Listen, I want you to be able to recognize what things you, man, it's just going to blow you away. There are some things that you don't necessarily need God for. There are some things I could just quit. Okay, I get it. <laughs> there was a period of time. 
this is not a strong word, but this is the word I'll use. I was addicted to Krispy Kreme donuts. She says a time. So I had the hot now, I had the app. And it would ding me every time the hot light came on. And somehow, someway, my car would find its way to the nearest Krispy Kreme. I don't know how it got there because I wasn't driving. <laughs> so after one of my episodes in the car with these Krispy Kreme donuts, they have a way of doing you this way. You say you're going to eat one, but you eat two. You say you're going to eat two, but you eat three. And by the time you get to four, you say that's enough. After one of my episodes with Krispy Kreme on the way home, I told myself enough is enough. I'm deleting the app. And I've been delivered ever since. <laughs> I'm laughing and I'm joking and I'm playing, but there are some things that you have. You can just stop. But these things that you cannot stop, that means that something else is driving it. Something else is pushing it. Something else has control. And it takes power and authority to, to, to remove those things from the seat of authority. Let's push. Let's go back to, uh, yeah, let's go to verse 3. <clears throat> this man lived in the tombs, and, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Point number three is repulsive reactions. <clears throat> Say that with me. Repulsive reactions. Um, we know from the narrative by now um, that along, along this man's life or along the way, there were people in his life that was concerned about his well-being and his condition. But because he failed to prescribe to the measures that they put in place to help him, he was left to deal with his demons by himself. What tends to happen in our life, and I was, I was convicted of this this week. What tends to happen in our life uh, is that when our efforts to help a person does not produce the, the results that we think that it should, that person now becomes repulsive. Like, you don't get it. You don't understand. You just won't change. And that person's response to what we thought they should do will drive them away from us. We will create distance between us and them because we feel they haven't responded the way that we desired for them to. One of the things that we failed to, to, to understand is that their actions are bigger than just an action. It's a spiritual thing. So you're holding them accountable for things that they cannot control. They're not driving. Because if they were, they would have heard your counsel. 
Somewhere along the way, what you said would have landed with them and you would have saw a benefit or a change from that. But because they're not driving, your words fell on deaf ears and you're upset now and you're repulsive to me. So go be by yourself. I'm taking back my resources. I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. Because I've invested enough. Now, here's the thing. This is the power in this. Once you decide that you're going to walk away and leave them, that is the exact response the enemy was waiting for. Because he needs his opportunity with them by himself unchallenged. He needs them to feel like they're alone. He needs for them to feel like they, they, they have no one to talk to. Oh, what blew me away about this text is that it said that he was in the hills crying. He was in the hills cutting himself. Listen to me. He was in a place where no one could hear him. He was still crying, but nobody could hear him. Listen, he was in a place and he was still cutting himself, but nobody could help him. Why? Because his responses to people became repulsive, and then the enemy was able to have his way with him once he got him alone. So, so, so listen to me. I told you I was going to pick this. So God says to me, Walter, how many people have you banned from your presence? Because they just don't get it. How many people have you pulled back from? Because I, I, I ministered to them, sister, and I tried to talk to them, and they just don't get it. Here's what we say. It's a job for. So where is your Jesus? If it's a job for Jesus, then you're saying, well, well I ain't got no Jesus because it's a job for Jesus. If I'm supposed to be a bearer of his spirit, <laughs> that means it's a job for me. Okay, it's quiet in here. It's all right. I, I, I began to think about the turmoil that this man was going through. And because I was aggravated. Okay. Let's get number four so we can finish. Can I say this before I push? For, for many of the people that you've allowed to, 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 to do it on their own, you were the only voice of truth that they had. Now, now here's, let, let, let's, let me qualify all this. Sometimes you have to get in the fight with people. We got to get in the boat together and we're going to fight together. I'm not asking you to go jump back in the boat with somebody who is foolish. But I am a bearer of the spirit of God. And I need to still be a voice of reason. I need to still be a voice of truth for that person when I know that they, have, they are being driven by something other than the spirit of God. He got me pretty good this week, y'all. Because I was preparing this message for them. And <laughs> like, no, this is for you. <laughs> okay. 
All right, let's push. Let's get this last point. Let's go to verse 6. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus has said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. The fourth and final point is one word, and I want you to write it down. I'll give you a definition. It is the word regent. Say that with me, regent. I'm going to read a definition for you, but I'm going to throw one up in a second. The, um, according to dictionary.com, that's what I use. Uh, regent is a person who exercises the ruling power in a kingdom during the minority absence or disability of the sovereign. I'll say it again. A regent is a person who exercises the ruling power in a kingdom during the minority, absence, or disability of the sovereign. Shout absence. Now here's my definition. Because I'm simple. <laughs> regent, based upon Wanzel.com, is someone who occupies the office of power in the absence of the power. <clears throat> I'll, I'll say that again. I think it's up there for you. Yes. A region is someone who occupies the office of power and the absence of the power. We talked last week in detail about Satan's kingdom and its effectiveness against us, but we also discussed its limitations. When you start to understand, and we talked about this last week, that Satan is the prince of the power of the air, um, he is the god of this world, when you start to understand that element or aspect of him, you also have to understand that his rule, even in its effectiveness, hinges upon there being an absence of real power. Although he's very effective and he can be diabolical, but in order for him to do his thing, there has to be an absence of real power. Shout real power. Jesus steps off the boat and he comes in contact. This man that is full of demons, the multitude of demons, runs up to Jesus and falls at his feet. This thing that had been tormenting this man, destroying this man, dominating this man, when it got the eyesight of the power, when it got close to the power, shout the power, it started to tremble and it started to ask for mercy. Listen to me. This thing that has dominated your father, this thing that dominated your mother, that's dominated your sister and trying to dominate you now is no contest for your God. Oh, he's been able to do what he wants because there's an absence of power. But I'm telling you right now, if you come in contact with the power, the almighty God, there's none that stand near him. There's none that can stand beside him. He is the power. 
This thing had dominated this man for years. And then it comes to the feet of Jesus. Say, Jesus. <laughs> don't torture us. I know I've been up in here cutting up, but don't torture us. Oh, God, don't torture us. There is nothing too big for your God. And what I want to tell you today is that Jesus is stepping off the boat into your region. I don't have to be dominated by these things. You may have been able to take my father. You may have been able to take my brother. But you can't have me. You can't have it. Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.